Good morning, everyone, and welcome to our Course in Miracles daily reading conference call. We read from the text of A Course in Miracles Original Edition, which is published by our dear friends at the Course in Miracles Society. You can access an online copy of the original edition by going to jcim.net, or if you mouse over the link at top for online edition, you'll see the link to read A Course in Miracles OE. On that same drop-down, there's an option to subscribe to have both the daily text reading and the lesson for the day sent to you from the Course in Miracles Society. My name is Lori Cameron. This call is Monday through Friday from 9.15 to about 10.50 a.m. Eastern. And today we are completing our reading of Chapter 23, The War Against Yourself, and we'll be reading the last two sections, both Section 4, Salvation Without Compromise, and Section Five, the fear of life. We're also mindful of our lesson today, lesson 257. Let me remember what my purpose is. And by way of opening this morning, I didn't have to look far for the perfect poem. It's Buckman in her book, The Gifts of God. The poem is called Safety. The wish to harm alone engenders fear. Without it is protection obvious and shelter offered everywhere. There is no time when safety need be sought, no place where it is absent, and no circumstance which can endanger it in any way. It is secured by every loving thought, made more apparent by each loving glance, brought nearer by forgiving words, and kept untroubled, cloudless, open to the light, redeemed, restored, and holy in Christ's sight. Let me remember what my purpose is. Amen. 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 Thank you, Harry. Beautiful. Thank you. Yeah, that Helen had it going on, huh? <laughs> All right. Here's our reading list this morning, friends. We have Lemoyne, Fran, Jessica, Lana, and Karen. And we're joined in listening this morning by Ida, Robin Marie, and Diana. Is anyone and else I can read. I and can Robin read, Marie can read. Okay, I'll put you right after Karen, Robin Marie. Thank you. Anyone else? Oh, help me back in there, Diana. All righty, Diana, right after Robin Thank Marie. Awesome. Thank you. Anyone else? Okay. Well, good morning, all. Here we go in Chapter 23, The War Against Yourself, Section 4, Salvation Without Compromise. Paragraph 41, is it not true you do not recognize some of the forms attack can take? If it is true, attack in any form will hurt you and will do so just as much as in another form which you do recognize, then it must follow that you do not always recognize the source of pain. Attack in any form is equally destructive. Its purpose does not change. 
its sole intent is murder. And what form of murder serves to cover the mass of guilt and frantic fear of punishment the murderer must feel? He may deny he is a murderer and justify his savagery with smiles as he attacks. Yet will he suffer and look on his intent in nightmares where the smiles are gone and where the purpose rises to meet his horrified awareness and pursue him still? For no one thinks of murder and escapes the guilt the thought entails. If the intent is death, what matter the form it takes? All the way. Thank you, Lori. Okay, chapter 23, The War Against Yourself, Section 4, Salvation Without Compromise. Paragraph 41. Is it not true you do not recognize some of the forms attack can take? If it is true, attack in any form will hurt you and will do so just as much as in another form which you do recognize, then it must follow that you do not always recognize the source of pain. Attack in any form is equally destructive. Its purpose does not change. Its sole intent is murder, and what form of murder serves to cover the massive guilt and frantic fear of punishment the murderer must feel. He may deny he is a murderer and justify his savagery with smiles as he attacks. Yet he will suffer and will look on his intent in nightmares where the smiles are gone and where the purpose rises to meet his horrified awareness and pursue him still. For no one thinks of murder and escapes the guilt the thought entails. If the intent is death, what matter the form it takes? Is death in any form, however lovely and charitable it may seem to be, a blessing and the sign the voice for God speaks through you to your brother? The wrapping does not make the gift you give. An empty box however beautiful and gently given, still contains nothing. And neither the receiver nor the giver is long deceived. Withhold forgiveness from your brother and you attack him. You give him nothing and receive of him but what you gave. Thank you, Lemoyne. And Fran. 42. Is death in any form, however lovely and charitable it may seem to be, a blessing and the sign, the voice for God speaks through you to your brother? The wrapping does not make the gift you give. An empty box, however beautiful and gently given, still contains nothing, and neither the receiver nor the giver is long deceived. Without forgiveness from your brother, and you attack him, you give him nothing and receive of him but what you gave. 43. Salvation is no compromise of any kind. The compromise is to accept the part of what you want, to take a little and give up the rest. Salvation gives up nothing. It is complete for everyone. 
Let the idea of compromise but enter, and the awareness of salvation's purpose is lost because it is not recognized. It is denied where compromise has been accepted, for compromise is the belief salvation is impossible. It would maintain you can attack a little, love a little, and know the difference. Thus, it would teach a little of the same can still be different, and yet the same remain intact as one. Does this make sense? Can it be understood? Thank you, Fran. And Jessica. Thanks, Lori. 43. Salvation is no compromise of any kind. A compromise is to accept but part of what you want to take a little and give up the rest. Salvation gives up nothing. It is complete for everyone. Let the idea of compromise enter, but enter, and the awareness of salvation's purpose is lost because it is not recognized. It is denied where compromise has been accepted. For compromise is the belief salvation is impossible. It would maintain you can attack a little, love a little, and know the difference. Thus it would teach a little of the same can still be different. And yet the same remain intact as one. Does this make sense? Can it be understood? 44. This course is easy just because it makes no compromise. Yet it seems difficult to those who still believe that compromise is possible. They do not see that if it is, salvation is attack. Yet it is certain the belief that salvation is impossible cannot uphold a quiet, calm assurance it has come. Forgiveness cannot be withheld a little, nor is it possible to attack for this and love for that and understand forgiveness. Would you not want to recognize assault upon your peace in any form? If only thus does it become impossible that you lose sight of it? It can be kept shining before your vision, forever clear and never out of sight, if you defend it not. Thank you, Jessica. And Layla. Okay, uh, 44. This course is easy just because it makes no compromise. Yet it seems difficult to those who still believe that compromise is possible. They do not see that if it is, salvation is attacked. Yet it is certain the belief that salvation is impossible cannot uphold a quiet, calm assurance it has come. 
Forgiveness cannot be withheld a little, nor is it possible to attack for this and love for that and understand forgiveness. Would you not want to recognize assault upon your peace in any form, if only thus does it become impossible that you lose sight of it? It can be kept shining before your vision, forever clear and never out of sight, if you defend it not. 45. Those who believe that peace can be defended and that attack is justified on its behalf cannot perceive it lies within them. How could they know? Could they accept forgiveness side by side with the belief that murder takes some forms by which their peace is saved? Would they be willing to accept the fact that savage purpose is directed against themselves? No one unites with enemies, nor is at one with them in purpose, and no one compromises with an enemy but hates him still for what he kept from him. Thank you, Lana. And Karen. 45. Those who believe that peace can be defended and that attack is justified on its behalf cannot perceive it lies within them. How could they know? Could they accept forgiveness side by side with the belief that murder takes some forms by which their peace is saved? Would they be willing to accept the fact their savage purpose is directed against themselves? No one unites with enemies, nor is at one with them in purpose. And no one compromises with an enemy, but hates him still for what he kept from him. 46. Mistake not truth for peace, nor compromise for the escape from guilt, from conflict. To be released from conflict means that it is over. The door is open. You have left the battleground. You have not lingered there in cowering hope because the guns are still an instant and the fear that haunts the place of death is not apparent that it will not return. There is no safety in a battleground. You can look down on it in safety from above and not be touched. But from within it, you can find no safety. Not one tree left standing still will shelter you. Not one illusion of protection stands against the faith in murder. Here stands the body, torn between the natural desire to communicate and the unnatural intent to murder and to die. Think you the form that murder takes can offer safety? Can guilt be absent from a battlefield? Do not remain in conflict, for there is no war without attack. Thank you, Karen. 
And Robin Marie, if you'd like to do 46 and then roll right into section 5, please. Forty-six. Mistake not truth for peace, nor compromise for the escape from conflict. To be released from conflict means that it is over. The door is open. You have left the battleground. You have not lingered there in cowering hope because the guns are still an instant and the fear that haunts the place of death is not apparent, that it will not return, there is, there is no safety in a battleground. You can look down on it in safety from above and not be touched, but from within it you can find no safety. Not one tree left standing still will shelter you. Not one illusion of protection stands against the faith in murder. Here stands the body, torn between the natural desire to communicate and the unnatural intent to murder and to die. Think you the form that murder takes can offer safety? Can guilt be absent from a battlefield? Do not remain in conflict, for there is no war without attack. 5. The Fear of Life 47. The fear of God is fear of life and not of death, yet he remains the only place of safety. In him is no attack, and no illusion in any form stalks heaven. Heaven is wholly true, no difference enters, and what is all the same cannot conflict. You are not asked to fight against your wish to murder, but you are asked to realize the form it takes conceals the same intent, and it is this you fear and not the form. What is not love is murder. What is not loving must be an attack. Every illusion is an, ass- an, is an assault on truth, and everyone does violence to the idea of love because it seems to be of equal truth. Thank you, Robin Marie. And Diana. Hi, good morning. 47. The fear of God is fear of life and not of death. Yet he remains the only place of safety. In him is no attack and no illusion in any forms stalks heaven. Heaven is wholly true. No difference enters, and what is all the same cannot conflict. You are not asked to fight against your wish to murder, but you are asked to realize the form it takes, conceals the same intent. And it is this you fear, and not the form. What is not love is murder. What is not loving must be an attack. Every illusion is an assault on truth, and every one does violence to the idea of love because it seems to be of equal truth. 48. What can be equal to the truth, yet different? 
Murder and love are incompatible. Yet, if they both are true, then must they be the same and indistinguishable from one another? So will they be to those who see God's Son a body. For it is not a body that is like the Son's creator. And what is the lifeless cannot be the Son of life. How can a body be extended to hold the universe? Can it create and be what it creates? And can it offer its creation all that it is and never suffer loss? Thank you, Diana. And do we have a new reader for 48 and 49? New reader for 48 and 49. Okay, back to you, Lemoyne. Okay, thank you. What can be equal to the truth yet different? Murder and love are incompatible. Yet, if they both are true, then must they be the same and indistinguishable from one another. So will they be to those who see God's Son a body. For it is not the body that is like the Son's creator. And what is lifeless cannot be the Son of life. How can a body be extended to hold the universe? Can it create and be what it creates? And can it offer its creations all that it is and never suffer loss? God does not share his function with the body. He gave the function to create unto his son because it is his own. It is not sinful to believe the function of the son is murder, but it is insanity. What is the same can have no different function. Creation is the means for God's extension, and what is his must be his son's as well. Either the, son, either the father and the son are murderers, or neither is. Life makes not death, creating like itself. Thank you, Lemoyne. And Fran. 49. God does not share his function with the body. He gave the function to create unto his son because it is his own. It is not sinful to believe the function of the son is murder, but it is insanity. What is the same can have no different function. Creation is the means for God's extension, and what is his must be his son's as well. Either the father and the son are murderers or neither is. Life makes not death, 
creating like itself. 50. The lovely light of your relationship is like the love of God. It cannot yet assume the holy function God gave his son. For your forgiveness of one another is not complete as yet, and so it cannot be extended to all creation. Each form of murder and attack that still attracts you and that you do not recognize for what it is limits the healing and the miracles you have the power to extend to all. Yet does the Holy Spirit understand how to increase your little gifts and make them mighty. Also, he understands how your relationship is raised above the battleground. In it, no more. This is your part, to realize that murder in any form is not your will. The overlooking of the battleground is now your purpose. Thank you, Fran. And Jessica. Thanks, Lori. Oops. Um, 50. The lovely light of your relationship is like the love of God. It cannot yet assume the holy function. God, I'm sorry. It cannot yet assume the holy function God gave his son. For your forgiveness of one another is not complete as yet, and so it cannot be extended to all creation. Each form of murder and attack that still attracts you and that you do not recognize for what it is limits the healing and the miracles you have the power to extend to all. Yet does the Holy Spirit understand how to increase your little gifts and make them mighty. Also, he understands how your relationship is raised above the battleground. In it, no more. This is your part, to realize that murder in any form is not your will. The overlooking of the battleground is now your purpose. Be lifted up and from a higher place look down upon it. From there will your perspective be quite different. Here in the midst of it, it does seem real. Here you have chosen to be part of it. Here murder is your choice. Yet from above, the choice is miracles instead of murder. And the perspective coming from this choice shows you the battle is not real and easily escaped. Bodies may battle, but the clash of forms is meaningless. And it is over when you realize it never was begun. How can a battle be perceived as nothingness when you engage in it? How can the truth of miracles be recognized if murder is your choice? Thank you, Jessica. And Lana. 51. Be lifted up from a higher place. I'm sorry. Be lifted up. And from a higher place, look down upon it. From there 
will your perspective be quite different. Here in the midst of it, it does seem real. Here you have chosen to be part of it. Here murder is your choice. Yet from above, the choice is miracles instead of murder. And the perspective coming from this choice shows you the battle is not real and easily escaped. Bodies may battle, but the clash of forms is meaningless. And it is over when you realize it never was begun. How can a battle be perceived as nothingness when you engage in it? How can the truth of miracles be recognized if murder is your choice? 52. When the temptation to attack rises to make your mind darkened and murderous, remember you can see the battle from above. Even in forms you do not recognize the signs you know. There is a stab of pain, a twinge of guilt, and above all, a loss of peace. This you know well. When it occurs, leave not your place on high, but quickly choose a miracle instead of murder. And God himself and all the lights of heaven will gently lean to you and hold you up. For you have chosen to remain where he would have you, and no illusion can attack the peace of God together with his son. Thank you, Lana. And Karen. 52. When the temptation to attack rises to make your mind darkened and murderous, remember... You can see the battle from above. Even in forms you do not recognize, the signs you know. There is a stab of pain, a twinge of guilt, and above all, a loss of peace. This you know well. When it occurs, leave not your place on high, but quickly choose a miracle instead of murder. And God himself and all the lights of heaven will gently lean to you and hold you up. For you have chosen to remain where he would have you, and no illusions can attack the peace of God together with his Son. 53. See no one from the battleground, for there you look on him from nowhere. You have no reference point from where to look where meaning can be given what you see. For only bodies could attack and murder. And if this is your purpose, then you must be one with them. Only a purpose unifies. And those who share a purpose have a mind as one. The body has no purpose and must be solitary. From below, it cannot From above, the limits it exerts on those in battle still are gone and not perceived. 
The body stands between the Father and the heaven he created for his Son because it has no purpose. Three. See no one from the battleground, for they, there you look on him from nowhere. You have no reference point from where to look, where meaning can be given what you see. For only bodies could attack and murder. Your purpose, then you must be one with them. Only a purpose unifies, and those who share a purpose have a mind as one. The body has no, has no purpose and must be solitary. From below, it cannot be surmounted. From above, the limits it exerts on those in battle still are gone and not perceived. The body stands between the Father and the heaven he created for his Son, because it has no purpose. 54. Think what is given those who share their Father's purpose and who know that it is theirs they want for nothing. Sorrow of any kind is inconceivable. Only the light they love is in awareness, and only love shines upon them forever. It is their past, their present, and their future, always the same, eternally complete, and wholly shared. They know it is impossible their happiness could ever suffer change of any kind. Perhaps you think the battleground can offer something that you can win. Can it be anything that offers you a perfect calmness and a sense of love so deep and quiet that no touch of doubt can ever mar your certainty and that will last forever? Thank you, Robin Marie. And, and Diana. Uh, Diana, are you able to read 54 and 55? Okay, is there a new reader for 54 and 55? Okay, I'm going back to you. Think what is given those who share their father's purpose and and who know that it is theirs. They want for nothing. Sorrow of any kind is inconceivable. Only the light they love is in awareness and the only love shines upon them forever. It is their past, their present, and their future, always the same, eternally complete, and wholly shared. <clears throat> they know it is impossible their happiness could ever suffer change of any kind. 
perhaps you think the battleground can offer you something that you can win. Can it be anything that offers you a perfect calmness and a sense of love so deep and quiet that no touch of doubt can ever mar your certainty and that will last forever? Those with the strength of God in their awareness could never think of battle. What could they gain but loss of their perfection? For everything fought for on the battleground is of the body, something it seems to offer or to own. No one who knows that he has everything could seek for limitation, nor could he value the body's offering. The senselessness of conquest is quite apparent from the quiet sphere above the battleground. What can conflict with everything? And what is there that offers less, yet could be wanted more? Who, with the love of God upholding him, could find the choice of miracles or murder hard to make? Thank you, Lemoyne. And would there be a new reader uh, to complete with 55? Hi, Lori. Okay, I, I don't know what happened. Oh, Hi, okay. Lori. I don't know what yeah, happened. I, I was trying to read, but it wasn't being heard. So, 55. Okay. Those with the strength of God in their awareness, could never think of battle. What could they gain but loss of their perfection? For everything fought for on the battleground is of the body, something it seems to offer or to own. No one who knows that he has everything could seek for limitation, nor could he value the body's offerings. The senselessness of conquest is quite apparent from the quiet sphere above the battleground. What be conflict with everything? And what is there that offers less, yet could be wanted more? Who, with the love of God upholding him, could find the choice of miracles or murder hard to make? Thank you. Thank you, Diana. Um, let's see, we have just a few minutes to summarize uh, from Section 4, Salvation Without Compromise. That first paragraph, attack in any form is equally destructive. Its purpose does not change. Its sole intent is murder. No one who thinks of murder can escape the guilt the thought entails. And in 42, withhold forgiveness from your brother and you attack him. You give him nothing and receive of him but what you gave. In 43, salvation is no compromise of any kind. In 44, this course is easy just because it makes no compromise. Would you not want to recognize assault upon your peace in any form? If only thus does it become impossible that you lose sight of it? Mm. 
in 45, those who believe that peace can be defended and that attack is justified on its behalf cannot perceive it lies within them. And in 46, to be released from conflict means that it is over. The door is open and you have left the battleground. I'm sorry for that ringing, if I can pause just a minute. And that paragraph ends with the beautiful phrase, do not remain in conflict, for there is no war without attack. In section five, the fear of life. The fear of God is fear of life and not of death. What is not love is murder. What is not loving must be an attack. Every illusion is an assault on truth and everyone does violence to the idea of love because it seems to be equal to truth. In paragraph 50, the love of your relationship, the lovely light of your relationship is like the love of God. It cannot yet assume the holy function God gave his son for your forgiveness of one another is not complete as yet. And so it cannot be extended to all creation. Yet does the Holy Spirit understand how to increase your little gifts and make them mighty. This is your part, to realize that murder in any form is not your will. The overlooking of the battleground is now your purpose. In 51, be lifted up. In 52, when the temptation to attack rises to make your mind darkened and murderous, remember, you can see the battle from above. This little stab of pain, a twinge of guilt, above all loss of peace, when it occurs, leave not your place on high, but quickly choose a miracle instead of murder. And God himself and all the lights of heaven will gently lean to you and hold you up. For you have chosen to remain where he would have you. And no illusion can attack the peace of God together with his son. In 53, only a purpose unifies. And those who share a purpose have a mind as one. 54, think what is given those who share their father's purpose and who know that it is theirs. They want for nothing. Sorrow of any kind is inconceivable. Only the light they love is in awareness and only love shines upon them forever. It is their past, their present, and their future. Always the same, eternally complete and wholly shared. They know it is impossible their happiness could ever suffer change of any kind. 55, those with the strength of God in their awareness could never think of battle. What could they gain but loss of their perfection? No one who knows that he has everything could seek for limitation, nor could he value the body's offering. The senselessness of conquest is quite apparent from the quiet sphere above the battleground, and who with the love of God withholding, upholding him, could find the choice of miracles or murder hard to make. Um, amen. 
and we have arrived um, just a little tiny bit behind the top of the hour. What was that? Let me remember what my purpose is. And for our reflection today, um, Fran, you have our gratitude. Thank you. Thank you. Hi, everybody. We are in the second part of the workbook, <clears throat> and the theme that we're on is what is sin. Today's lesson is lesson 257. Let me remember what my purpose is. So I shall read some from what is sin. Sin is insanity. It is the means by which the mind is driven mad and seeks to let illusions take the place of truth. And being mad, it sees illusions where the truth should be and where it really is. Sin gave the body eyes. For what is there the sinless would behold? What need have they of sights or sounds or touch? What would they hear or reach to grasp? What would they sense at all? To sense is not to know. And truth can be but filled with knowledge and with nothing else. Sin is the home of all illusions, which but stand for things imagined, issuing from thoughts which are untrue. They are the, quote, proof that what has no reality is real. Sin, quote, proves God's Son is evil. Timelessness must have an end. Eternal life must die. And God himself has lost the Son he loves with but corruption to complete himself. His will forever overcome, love slain by hate, and peace to be no more. How long O Son of God, will you maintain the game of sin? Shall we not put away these sharp-dead children's toys? How soon will you be ready to come home? Perhaps today. There is no sin. Creation is unchanged. Would you still hold return to heaven back? How long? O Holy Son of God, how long? Now we'll go over to the lesson. Lesson 257, let me remember what my purpose is. If I forget my goal, I can be but confused, unsure of what I am, and thus conflicted in my actions. No one can serve contradicting goals and serve them well, nor can he function without deep distress and great depression. Let us therefore be determined to remember what we want today that we may unify our thoughts and actions meaningfully and achieve only what God would have us do today. Father, forgiveness is your chosen means for our salvation. Let us not forget that we can have no will but yours today. And thus our purpose must be yours as well if we would reach the peace you will for us. We'll take a moment and reflect on this. Lesson 257. Let me remember what my purpose is.
Father, forgiveness is your chosen means for our salvation. Let us not forget that we can have no will but yours today. Unless our purpose must be yours as well if we would reach the peace you will for us. Lesson 257. Let me remember what my purpose is. Amen. 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 Thank you so much, friend. Beautifully done. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, friend. Hi, this is Diana. I think it, it's easy for me, and I've been in this place where I completely, 100% trust and see the light in everyone, regardless of how the day shows up, until it comes to a personal uh, uh, experience, like my daughter's experience um she was released yesterday, and it was just a very uh, stressful situation to get her to the airport. She had a layover, a sister waiting on her, because I'm not sure. She just didn't seem like she was ready to go. And so the intense love that I have for her can be a pain. It could be painful. You know, it, affecting my entire body, that stress manifesting into my shoulder and down my neck. And, and stress is a difficult reality when there's an uncertain, fearful future. And I realized through all of this, the times when I did go and see this and come back to God and know it was all well, not knowing the future and just trusting whatever happens is is to accept that was not easy. There were a lot of tears, and I'm still in stress. I'm muscle. I'm picking up a muscle relaxing medicine right now, but it's medicine that I, I refuse to take before that I, I clearly know now that it's okay uh, to, as somebody, as somebody explained earlier uh, a couple weeks ago that Whatever, somewhere in the book, it says that whatever the current medicine is, is the right medicine, that God has it here to serve and assist until we are confidently in a place where medicine is not needed because all fear has gone. 
and and you're totally in line with God. Um, I don't know. I I think through all of this, there were a lot of lessons being learned. Medicine is okay, and it's acceptable, and I'm going to receive it. And hopefully, she'll she'll be in a place where she can see it through and not fall hard like she did before or has. And this lesson's good, but it's not an easy one for me when I'm not in a place where it's so personal. Anyway, I'm complete. Thank you. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Diana. Thank you. Thank you, Diana. Thank you, Diana. Keep praying for you and your daughter and your family. Thank you. Good morning, it's Lana. This uh, section um, is, you know, again, so powerful and it contains so much that I can um, just contemplate and reflect upon um, this battleground. And, um, and, and I think it really ties in with the lesson so much because if I remember my purpose, you know, and, and for me it's... Um, it's to remember my true identity. It, it is to remember that my purpose is a peaceful existence, not only with myself, but with my brothers in the world I see. And um, as long as there's a battle going on, um, I love the idea of being above the battleground, you know, and, and all we have to do is look in the world and see the battleground. I mean, um, you know, even uh, especially in, say, for instance, the political climate, you know, it's the battleground where one side is right and the other side must be wrong, and if one side is wrong, the other side must be right. And um, to engage in that is to keep myself in a state where peace can't be, you know, it's... um, uh, and so I can make a decision to rise above the battleground and just to look at it. And um, above the battleground, I can see that um, both sides are doing exactly the same thing to one another, trying to defend their position. Um, and defense, as Jesus tells us here, is, you know, if, I can't be, if I defend, it must be that I am perceiving myself as being attacked. Otherwise, there would be no need for defense, you know. And and in the wholeness of reality, where all is one and there's no dualistic aspect, you know, I, I see that it's all love all the time, masquerading as, <laughs> as a conflict. But um, initially... You know, I have to make a decision that I want to be above the battleground. I have to leave the battle. Um, I can't be a little bit in the battle, <laughs> you know, because truth has no compromise. I'm either in the battle or I'm not. 
and not being in the battle is a much more peaceful place. You know, and today in my own experience with my two roommates who are at war with one another, and today the sheriff's going to deliver an eviction notice to one, and the battle continues. And and I, being above the battleground and caring for both of them, um, I can see, again, that both are doing exactly the same thing, defending and attacking, attacking and defending, and nothing is accomplished, you know. And um, I like that he, uh, so that's going to just play out as it plays out. I'm just going to be above it and just extend love to both of them. I can't do anything else, and but that's, again, a, a powerful thing that I can do is hold peace in my mind and extend it to both of them and just wish them well. Um, and he talks about compromise. And I think that's really important because just like you were saying, Diana, with medicine, um, I can, you know, we, we talk about, oh, what's that word? Um, oh, when we try to protect ourselves, we put up, um, we put distance between ourselves. I can't think of what that word is right now. Um, but anyway, if if even in that state, I might need to um, boundaries. That's the word. We say um, we need boundaries. Well, um, like it or not, that's a compromise. That's not true forgiveness. Um, as long as I want to distance myself from my brother. And it may, you know, and, I, and I've done it before when I've had... Um, uh, grievances or an argument. I need some time to heal. So I'm not saying that's a bad thing, but I'm saying but that for me, it's it's not complete forgiveness. For complete forgiveness would, would be that state where I recognize there is no need for, for boundaries. But that's okay. You know, if um, I remember, oh, a year or two ago, a dear friend and I had a falling out. And I just needed some time to heal. And and just like um, that wasn't the remedy, it did give me a space where I could commune with God and I could reflect upon it and I could look at it and I could heal it. And until that moment when that shift comes into my mind and I recognize that my brother and I are one, you know, it's a, it's a senseless, meaningless idea to think that we could ever be separate from one another, even if it's something that I might choose momentarily. Um, Even if that choosing momentarily is about healing and forgiveness. But the complete forgiveness happens when all barriers and um, boundaries fall away. And I recognize our oneness with each other. That, for me, is complete and whole and healed relationship, you know. So um, this reading just, again, gives me a roadmap. It gives me an outline. It tells me what is causing me the pain. It's telling me um, how to realign my mind and to go above the battlefield. It's telling me that whenever I defend myself, I'm perceiving myself as attacked, attacked, and um, it's a signal for me to rise above 
the battlefield and commune with God for the purpose of healing. And then once I make that decision and remember my purpose, you know, God, the healing just clicks in. It's my willingness to be healed. It's my willingness to give up the battle and to have God revealed to me and remind me so that I, once again, I can remember the truth about my brother and myself. And um, then all notions of battle and pain just kind of slip away and pass through and disappear, and I come back to peace. Um, So anyhow, uh, I like this section because it's a picture of the world in conflict, and it's telling me how to deal with that world. And it's directing me, directing my mind and my heart to return to love and reminding me that that's always the only remedy, (laughs) the one true, lasting remedy to any conflict. So I'm complete. Thank you for listening. That was just beautiful, Anna. Thank you. Yeah, Anna, those could be written down. Thank you. Thank you, Anna. That's great, Lana. Well, thank you, guys. Yeah, thank you, Lana, for the clarifying thing. And this is Lemoyne. In the in the course of love. It, makes the point a couple times in this fundamental chapter which is like or day entering the dialogue which is about you know how to move in the world um, in peace and you know in and where the main the relation to enter the dialogue is to enter into relationship with everything and it says, you you know, you must respect the boundaries of those who are still in need of boundaries. And I, I think the key word there is respect. You know, I've recently run into something where a boundary arose, and, you know, I tried to overcome it and, and you know, attack it and stuff. And it's it was... You know, it was an experience of making it more and more real and ne- necessary, I think, <laughs> for the other person. And uh, and uh, for me, it's, it's just a focus on illusion. I mean, for somebody who expresses a need for a boundary, that <clears throat> I think the thing is to to respect them. The, the point is here is respect that it's not a, to either to try to overcome and throw it down it's their boundary let them have it you know let them have the recognition that here is a, what is currently a limit for me and you know because that is the place where any learning of this limitlessness described in entering the dialogue or being above the battleground um, is uh, 
is easy and natural, you know, it takes us time to undo in time what we built in time. And so, you know, boundaries useful in uh, uh, protecting the resurrected Son of God for, for many, perhaps. I can't, you know, I can't say. But the, I think the point is, again, to respect it and not try and overcome it, nor to fear it and view it as attack, which was what I did. <laughs> and cause then it's like, you know, I'm in the battleground. You know, the boundary, if someone, if someone has a boundary, that's not really an invitation to the battleground. That's actually a request to exit the battleground, I think, properly viewed. And so you respect it. And uh, it's not leave them alone, but wait patiently and maybe be guided in a way that can go around it or, you know, under it or just make the offer to be there and not in any kind of judgmental way so that they can learn to drop the boundary and respect themselves as not needing defenses to maintain peace. Because they had, like it says in the reading, the defense of peace is actually the loss of peace. <laughs> anyway, and I'm going to stop there. Oh, you made an excellent point, Lemoyne. Thank you, Lemoyne. That was Mm. thanks, Lemoyne. Thank you. Thanks, Lemoyne. Yeah, that was lovely, Lemoyne. What was Mm. that last sentence again? You said about the loss of peace. Oh, the defense of peace. If you have to defend your peace, you are. It's already. It's under threat, and it's not—it's not peace anymore. It's not the full acceptance of the peace yeah. of God, where being is never threatened. Bodies, perhaps, mm-hmm. but not—not not our life. Yeah, Got life God given. Thank you. Complete. A quick one here from Patricia Lemoyne. You remind me of a of. A, current um examples to to where i hear um if something's occurring that i disagree with even to the level that i most even more vehemently already know an answer please i i gotta let you know kind of when that is occurring in any form i get this real quick oh evidence to step back and there's only two things to do is uh, first in this silent stepping back is the more you bring out in the reminder of this deepening for me to stay solid not needing to know what's happening but it's my call to step back into silence and if asked to speak I have only two things one is to say to whoever it is, even if they're saying something so opposing, I must hold. 
hold steady and say out loud, trust yourself, dear. What you're going through, trust yourself. And the second thing I get told is if I want to say more and I feel I need more input is only one more thing. And that's God loves you, dear. God loves you. Mm -hmm. So it's simply only two things when I disagree with the reality of my mind or outside in the world is to say to that other, trust yourself. God loves you. And that I'm only the silence. And boy, does my ego have a meltdown, but it's so worth it. Thank you. Thank you, Lemoyne. Thank you, Patricia. Oh, Patricia, thank you. Thank you. Yeah, thank you, Patricia. That was beautiful. Thank you. Um, Good morning. It's still hard for me to forgive the the guy who said to um, my partner a few weeks ago, this is my um, parking spot, when there were no assigned parking spots at our apartments. And um, Joe parked there anyway. He, he remained parking there. And then, you know, a day later we found this big gash on our, our windshield that we just replaced the, the windshield yesterday with money that we really needed for other things, like food. <laughs> you know, we're, we're okay. We'll be okay. But, but it's hard for me to, not to wish that guy would have something bad happened to him if he was the one that did that, you know? And I don't even know what that guy looks like. I mean, the manager didn't see it on the the um, security camera, but I don't know what he looks like. I don't know what... I wasn't there when he said that to Joe, but um, or where he lives, which apartment, or anything like that. But I guess I can still do, you know, I know I can still do prayer, prayers from uh, the Course on that person. <laughs> like the one, that I know the best from, I guess, the end of Chapter 15. I give you, you know, I don't have his name to say, but I just think of him and say I give you to the Holy Spirit as part of myself. I know you will be released unless I want to use you to in prison myself. In the name of my freedom, I will your release, for I realize that we will be released together. I could still do that, and I could still do Ho'oponopono with that person and, and think of him, you know, and say, um, I'm sorry, please forgive me. Thank you, I love you. Even if I don't feel that I love that person, and I don't, and I'm saying I'm sorry for holding something against you, basically. If if and I don't even know if that person did that, you know. But I just have a feeling. But I just need to share that with you guys right now. Thanks. I'm complete. Thank you, Ida. 
That was very beautiful. Oh, thank, thank you. you. That was a great example. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, thank you, Ida. It never feels good, this is Diana, to be violated by a um, unknown person. Uh, we had a hailstorm, and it broke my glass and took out, looked like a, um, oh, there were pots, you know, there were uh, hailstones, hail you know, that made deep marks, impressions all over my car, which a total lost but it was still functioning so I, I drove it and says well okay um, I don't like this but but this is my car and I need to get to work had the windshield uh, replaced and then I don't know a while later I came out and there were key marks going right down my door and I thought okay there's another beauty mark I guess to the car as a reminder, this is just stuff. Yes, it hurts, and who would do this? And an opportunity to pray. And at that point, I really meant it when I put that out. Maybe it was easier because the car was lost, you know. Uh, but, yeah, I get that feeling, and you wonder. Then you start, the ego starts babbling, well, what did you do, or who could have done this, and la, 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 and <laughs> You know, then that whole that that whole story starts playing in your mind. But all I'm responsible for is keeping my side of the street clean and and walking with love and forgiving. I think that whole pono pono prayer is so powerful. Believe me, I've used it many, many, many times, and I'm 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 really sorry this happened to you. I'm completely Thank you, Diana. Thank you, Diana, so much. Thank you, Diana. Thanks, Diana. Well, good morning, everyone. This is Lori. And um, what a beautiful, beautiful two sections going together this morning. Oh, but I especially love today's lesson. Let me remember what my purpose is. Um, when I remember what it is I truly want, uh, something wonderful happens in my mind. All of the little things... He calls them the little interferers. The little things um, lose their significance. And what is true uh, gains in prominence in my mind. And um, 
over time I've discovered that um, <laughs> this wonderful thing that happens every holy instant um, that I've ever had seemed to rise out of um, a place where I decided to step away from illusion and side with truth and upon um, reflection on this holy instant every holy instant um, the holy instant has been in every experience a consequence of stepping away from what wasn't true and siding with what is true it's hard to believe that it's that simple um, but that's what purpose does um, I've talked about this before but that consequence of walking into a wood with uh, a number of other people that when I was a personal self I would have been afraid of but I wasn't afraid at all I, I was just aware that we were all there to to praise and worship God for his beauty um, that awareness that wakefulness to truth was a consequence of deciding ahead of time um, on, a, on a different intent um, and this is what the soul does this is what our higher mind does all the time it's always siding with truth for us um, Lana when you were talking I was remembering um, how early in this work he talked about the two thought systems the thought system of the ego and the thought system of love or truth or God are mutually exclusive absolutely mutually exclusive there's no crossover between the two and so salvation without compromise is what he's saying there's there's no crossover I make one choice and the other falls away that's the same as lesson 107 truth will correct all errors in my mind if I have a conflict it's always a conflict between illusions and it turns out that I am experiencing myself as an ego and I am having a conflict with someone else who's also experiencing themselves as an ego in truth there is no conflict at all and if I want to make the crossover if I want to beat a hasty exit from the thought system of the ego all I need do is step away from it and side with truth step away and side with that's as simple as making um, a choice let me remember what my purpose is my purpose is always to side with truth and when I side with truth I receive the awareness that I am truth that I am reality he says in this work reality is safe and sure and holy kind to everyone and everything and there is no greater love than to accept this and be glad when I step away from illusion which is always going to be a conflict between my illusory self 
and the illusory idea that I seem to be in conflict with. Illusion meets illusion. Remember that? He said it in this chapter. Illusion meets illusion and truth meets truth. They're mutually exclusive. And to release one is to choose the other. And my higher mind is always working for me on behalf of truth. That's, that's what makes forgiveness a grand illusion, the final dream, the dream of releasing this conflict that I thought I had. Way back in the beginning, he says, to have default all, teach peace to learn it, and be vigilant only for God and his kingdom. I don't have to be vigilant for illusion. <laughs> That's the ego's job. But if I want to experience life from my truth, I will give up that conflict. I'll step away from it and simply side with truth. And all heaven bends. He says, all heaven bends to support that choice because it's the choice for truth. When I remember truth, I'm simultaneously forgetting not truth. I'm forgetting illusion. He says in this work that the Holy Spirit's only function is to bring illusion to truth. And when I side with truth, illusion's gone. It's just gone. And the truth that my mind is one with God, that I share one will with God, is restored to my awareness. I am truth. It is um, so simple, he says, because there is no compromise. I can't think that I'll retain error a little bit, and love a little bit, um, because the two choices are mutually exclusive. My only, my only, what does he say? He says, my only part, my only part is to side with truth. When I've released conflict, the conflict is over. I've left the battleground. <clears throat> Way back in chapter 2, I think it was, he says, remember he, he talked about behavior, will, conflict? He said, you can't escape bad behavior uh, by behaving better, but you can by higher willing. And so um, I want to tell a little story that, um, that really brought it home for me, and I hope it's useful. Um, but a, a number of years ago, I wanted to... Um, I wanted to um, understand what open mind meditation is as he uses it in this Course in Miracles. And he says, empty your mind and let your mind dwell on this one thought. And when it wanders, come back to this one thought. Remember? Every lesson involves this same idea. In the practice of contemplative prayer, he asks us to um, choose Choose a word, a sacred symbol that will always return your mind to truth. And so I asked Holy Spirit um, for a sacred word. And as it happened, um, several 
synchronicities occurred and, and my sacred word arrived in my awareness, the sacred word being trust love. And so whenever I sit and open my meditation, I tell my mind, trust love. And when it wanders, I bring it back, trust love. And when it wanders, I bring it back, trust love. And in this experience, um, I've noticed that life becomes more of a meditation because my mind is automatically returned to love um, in the trusting of love. And it wasn't, this is four or five years ago now, it wasn't until this very morning today when I realized that the words trust love are something I tell my mind, but it's also my father beseeching me to trust him. In that we share the same words. He says, trust love. I say, trust love. This is the will of the Father and the Son together. Um, we don't escape the battlefield by conflict, very simply. We escape it by trusting love. It's not for me uh, as an ego to understand what forgiveness is because the ego never will. But my higher mind knows that I'm restored to truth when I give up conflict. And that's the only choice I need ever make for everything to be given to me. To step away from the thought system of illusion where illusions do a battle with illusion and to side with the kingdom. Um, that's God's will for me and I share that will and that's all that he's asking us to do step away and side with and the ultimate consequence of that is that there'll be no fear I've noticed um, rather over time what I've discovered is I love life and that's oh, to me a really good definition of heaven um, so I share that eternal, eternal promise with all of you, and um, and I'm so grateful to have this place to share it. I'm complete. I'm grateful you're here to share it. Yes, I'm. I'm thinking the same thing. So grateful for you, Laurie. Me too. Yeah. Lori. That was beautiful, Lori. And when you were saying that, I was thinking, as you were saying, picking your sacred word, the word OM came up. Because OM is a continuum. It is the trust. It is the completion of who we are when we trust in him. We are that, too. Anyway, I, I always love when you when you talk, so thank you. Oh, thank you, sweetie. Still time, my friends.
Well, Laurie, I, this is Lemoyne. I, I just have to really thank you for stating that definition of of uh, of heaven. Hmm. It's like the uh, where a course of love ends in the end, and, and the note on being. It's. Uh, I guess. Uh, I guess it's some kind of recognition you can replace the word love in that statement with life. You know, yeah. and, uh, the sentence is, you now know how to respond to love for you are love being, so be it. And uh, yeah. I now know how to respond to life for I am life being, so be it. Yeah. And... Uh, Um, yeah, I mean, I have a this long history of seeking, you know, wanting an answer, but not really getting the right question, perhaps, for a long time. And um, I know from, <laughs> from engineering training and experience, it really is about the question. <clears throat> and not the answer um, quite often. And uh, I just want to return to that thing that, you know, the, the what I thought of as a search for some kind of, like, enlightenment is really just a search for the restoral to me of love, of life. And yeah, that's that's the restoral of heaven. So thanks, Lori. Oh boy, howdy! <laughs> thank you, Lemoyne. Love that. Thank you. Oh, thank you, Lemoyne. Great. Oh. Thank you, Lemoyne. Well, here's where I think to end this call today. Um, and I think it's a beautiful beginning uh, to chapter 24, one of my very favorites. But from chapter 21, he says, Projection makes perception. The world you see is what you gave it, nothing more than that. But though it is no more than that, it is not less. Therefore, too, it is important. It is the witness to your state of mind, the outside picture of an inward condition. As a man thinketh, so does he perceive. Therefore, seek not to change the world, but will to change your mind about the world. Perception is a result and not a cause. And that is why order of difficulty in miracles is meaningless. Everything looked upon with vision is healed and holy. Nothing perceived without it means anything. And where there is no meaning, there is chaos.
Isn't that something? Everything looked upon with vision is healed and holy. And to that, um, we only need to side with. How about that? I'm complete. Amen. And thank you, everybody. What a great, great conclusion to this chapter, the war against yourself. <laughs> thank you, Laurie. Thank you, everyone. It was yeah. a gorgeous call today. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Thank you, Lori. Thank you for that Love statement you about vision. Love it. Yeah. I'm going to remember Alrighty. it. I'm applying it. Thank you. Thank you.